This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt and this is Jessica. And welcome to a daily Bible study held by East Coast Christian Center, where we take a chapter of the Bible, we read it, and then we talk to you about what we see and the words that God shows us and what it means to each of us individually. We don't prepare a message, but we do prepare our hearts. Jessica, what's been going on these days? Well, it's still July. I feel like March was like a super long month, and then April was like super fast, and then I don't know what happened to May at all. <laughs> and then June went fast, and July is kind of slowing down a bit, which is nice in a way, because I think in this season, most people don't know what day it is. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Well, like, I feel like each month was a day. Yeah. Like if you were to tell me it One was long day. May right now, I'd believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. It's the just... One thing I do know is it's 2020. Yeah. And time is moving <laughs> super fast. It's so strange. I don't know what is happening in the season, but some fun things have happened. We opened our Vieira campus a couple weeks ago and that was fun. And it was great to just to be back together, worshiping together. Our online campus is still alive and well for those who aren't ready or cannot come back to a physical location yet, which has been incredible too. And we actually had some people say that they came to our Vieira campus right before we had to close for uh, COVID back in March. And then they followed along online with us, all the prayer and praise that we do at noon on Facebook. If you follow East Coast Christian Center, we're doing a daily prayer and praise at noon-ish on there. So they're following along with that. They're following along with the messages and they were there when the doors opened and they yep. came came back for the first time and their kid loved kids church. And so it's really cool to see stories like that with people engaging. Yeah. And if you're wondering what it's like to go into a church right now, um, we take lots of precautions. Yeah. Um, our auditoriums are all set at 50%. Uh, you have six feet between each person. So we basically remove a row. Uh, no, most of the time rows are 36 inches apart. And so if you just take out the middle row, that creates exactly six feet gap in between the rows. Um, we, uh, we make sure auditoriums are never over that capacity level, which is why we've had lots of services. We didn't just have like one service. So we've spread our services out. There's 10 services that you can go to in a building right now at East Coast Christian Center. Also, we have Kids Church and they're taking a lot of precautions there too. Uh, things change, but right now we're checking temps when kids come in. Uh, we basically take on the standards like if you were going to drop your child off at a sports camp or something like that, uh, you know, that is going on right here in Florida right now. Of course, when this is being recorded, things could have changed. Yeah, but what's now. not changing is the fact that we are taking care of the kids and people, providing safety for them. Also, our volunteers that are in close contact with people mm -hmm. wear masks. Yeah. Our staff wears masks. Um the only time I take my mask off is when I'm sitting at my seat and I've got my I've got my parameter established, yeah. okay? And then I walk up on stage, my mask off. But if mm -hmm. I'm walking through, I keep it on. Masks are not required at all, though. Uh, it is a personal choice. Just like in our country, it's recommended, but not, not required. required. So in the service, you're not, you don't have to wear a mask, but masks are welcome or not, it's really up to you at the end of the day. Yeah, And uh, that's the stuff that we've done to provide a, a space and a building for people to meet as well as our online services, which are phenomenal. Uh, there's ministry to be done there, prayer, community, conversations, 
the virtual lobby. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all waiting. Praise, worship, everything, good teaching. And uh, in fact, we're finding people coming to church through this time, through our digital campus. They're, they're falling in love with uh, the work that God's doing at East Coast through this time. P- people are coming to Christ every week. Um, last week alone, four people gave their life to Christ Amazing. through the digital platform. So we believe this is our time to take ground as a church uh, where there isn't church, where there isn't the life of Christ being in people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's our time to take ground, take this moment where people, what we believe is coming to Jesus in droves, one person at a time. And we so. all have a part to play in that. I mean, I think people are more, I know people are more open to the gospel than ever before. I have a friend who I've known for years and years and um, goes to a different church and she has never really shown a lot of interest in the Lord per se. Um, I know that she grew up in a, like a religious background and she texted me the other day and asked me for specific verses. If I knew any specific verses in the Bible about healing because her sister-in-law was uh, struggling and needed healing. And I was just like, man, this is so amazing. God is opening doors right now. Mm -hmm. People are looking for answers because they're not getting them anywhere else. The CDC changes their mind every two seconds. The government is all over the place. The schools don't know what they're doing right now. Everything that we would look to for answers in the past, maybe no one has the answers. And so where are they looking to God? God is the only one who's going to fill that void that that small hole in their heart anyway. And so they're looking and we get to be a place where they can find the ultimate one true answer, the truth, the way, the truth and the life, which is Jesus. So I love that we get to be a part of that. And all you have to do is just share, you know, maybe you're going to a physical location of the service, just share the service on your social media. People will watch things like that right now who may not have ever in the past. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the way that you said it, man's plans and man's systems are failing us when we don't, we've never experienced yeah. this before. In the hour we needed, we need answers the most. Man's systems and plans are failing us and we're more and more aware and evident that hope in God is really the only thing that can pull us through this time of confusion and divisiveness and you know name calling and sicknesses rising and all these things. The hope in Christ is the only thing that can pull us through this temporary moment of pain, yeah. we can be pulled into the hope of heavenly lights and heavenly hope and heavenly healing. Like that's the reality that we live in right now. And as believers, we should have more hope than anyone else yeah. because we know that this life is temporary, but our home is heaven. Well, that's uh, some great stuff, just what's been going on. But I know you've got a book recommendation. Book recommendation by Jessica. This is called Excellence Wins and it's by Horst Schulze. S-C-H-U-L-Z-E, and he was the co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton, and he's a Christian, and he runs his company with Christian values, and is, Ritz-Carlton is like one of the nicest hotels, if not the nicest hotel brand in the world, has a great reputation, and what's really cool is behind all of that is a man who loves Jesus, and he basically shares this as business principles, but you can tell it's because he's a follower of Jesus, and what's really cool is, you know, Chick-fil-A, where they say, my pleasure, they got that from this guy. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It's, it's a really cool. Really, really good book. I would say you've you've kind of given me the brief version of this book, but there's so many wonderful things in here you could apply to a business that you own yeah. or that you work at and you'll watch it thrive and grow because they have the spirit of serving. Yep. Just like Jesus came to serve. We are called to serve. They apply that into their business. Yep. Some pretty dramatic ways. Um, people don't know this about you. Some do. 
but you read about a hundred books a year. Yep. How many did you read last year? <laughs> My goal last year was a hundred and I read 105. I thought your goal was 52 last year. No, that was the year before. Oh. And I read 90. And then I so I was like, 52? I did 90. I could do 100. And then I read 105. I was like, and where are you at to this July? I am at 72 oh. here in July. Okay. <laughs> Better kick it up <laughs> Five nuts. months to get 28. Kick it up My goal is 100 again. I can totally do it. Yeah. So you got the gift to be able to read quickly and retain well. And you're using it. Awesome. Let's do, let's read this Bible before people fall asleep. All right, Exodus chapter riveting. 8. Riveting, we are. Yeah, Exodus 8. That's where we're at. All right, what are you going to read? I'm going to read 2.15, and you're going to start at 16. All right. Okay. Go ahead and read. All right. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go so that they may serve me. However, if you refuse to let them go, hear this. I'm going to strike your entire land with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs, which will come up and go into your home, into your bedroom, and onto your bed, and into the houses of your servants, and on your people, and into your ovens and your kneading bowls. So the frogs will come up on you, and on your people, and all your servants. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams and canals, over the pools, among the reeds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians, soothsayer priests, did the same thing with their secret arts and enchantments and brought up more frogs on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Plead with the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go so that they may sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, I'm entirely at your service. When shall I plead with the Lord for you and your servants and your people so that the frogs may leave you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? Then Pharaoh said, Tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. Moses replied, may it be as you say, so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you in your houses and leave your servants and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh and Moses cried out to the Lord as he had agreed to do concerning the frogs, which God had inflicted on Pharaoh. The Lord did as Moses asked and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyards and villages and out of the fields. So they piled them up in heaps and the land was detestable and stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was temporary relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen or pay attention to them, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this. And when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say this to him. This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. And if you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur 
tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and in the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable to their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commanded us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray the Lord to the Lord, and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained, but this time Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Amen. So as I was reading this, I'm thinking about my friend Leanne who hates frogs. She like <laughs> hates frogs more than, I think even more than spiders. And this morning I was on my way to the gym, or no, on my way back. And I was driving in Jackie's car and there was a massive spider on the window. And I turned and looked and it was like as close as you are to me. And she goes, is it a frog? I'm like, no, it's a spider. Like who would care about a frog? I personally think frogs are cute, yeah. but I did some a little bit of extra research and I found out that the people in Egypt actually worshipped, they had tons of different gods and goddesses that they worshipped um, falsely, and one of them was a frog goddess. And so it was a big deal that it wasn't just random that God was like, we're doing a plague of frogs. Like they were not allowed to kill frogs, they would not have killed frogs. A plague of frogs would have been a pretty crazy deal. And then for all of them to end up dead in these nasty piles would have pretty much showed all the people that, hey, your frog goddess isn't a thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Anything stick out to you? Yeah, I think what really stuck out to me is kind of like this greater tension that I believe reading this creates in me and in anyone I think in today's age. You know, why would God, uh, you know, battle these people send frogs to them, send gnats to them, send flies to them, you know, and all this builds up into killing the firstborn son of every family who chooses not to worship God and who chooses to go against God. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things and a lot of ways that we can look at that. Um, But what you have to understand is that God's enemies are always Destroyed, And when you paint yourself as an enemy of God, you end up standing in the line of his wrath and he pours his wrath out to those that oppose him. And you see this when God destroyed the world with the flood, right? He destroys the entire world, floods the world. Then he gives a rainbow as a sign that he'll never do that again. And then you see this at other times in the Old Testament because there was this exchange basically for sin something must be exchanged. You know, when there's sin and you must give sacrifice, there's got to be punishment. And so then you start thinking, like, God, is the COVID-19 coronavirus plague, is that punishment, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's other times where devastating things happen in the world. Um, 
you know, when 9-11 happened, there's people said that this is the judgment of God being poured out on America for their sin, right? And and there's people right now saying this is the judgment of God being poured out on the world, mm-hmm. you know, for sin. And there's a couple things I'd like to say is God's judgment is uh, always accurate. It's always final. It's always the full extent. When God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it burned to the ground, right? Mm-hmm. When God flooded the world, it flooded the entire, he flooded the entire world. And so we as believers, um, we have this sin in our life that had to be taken care of with the same type of wrath, mm-hmm. the same type of final judgment, final execution, full judgment. And that was, that judgment was on Jesus. You know, it wasn't, it's not on us. Romans 5, 8 talks about it like this. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, through Mm -hmm. Jesus? God's wrath was poured out for our sin to the full extent on Jesus. And his wrath isn't over. It isn't different than the Old Testament. God's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. But his wrath in the day and age that we live in is permanently flowing upon Jesus. Now we have this choice in the life that we live in. Will we receive the forgiveness of Jesus and or will we give that over and say, I won't receive that. I'll take God's wrath. When we die, we're separated from God and hell is waiting. That's uh, that's where God's wrath, and God's wrath of hell is actually being poured out on the spiritual forces, on Satan and the principalities and powers, and it becomes our choice if we want that or not. God is always just, he's always holy, he's not punishing the world with COVID-19, that's not what's happening right now. We live in a fallen world, we live in a world where there's consequences. Why does COVID-19 exist? Death still exists, but death is not the final word. Mm -hmm. Sickness still exists. Why does COVID-19 exist? Someone say, someone made that. It's from bat soup. You know, there's all sorts of ideas and conspiracies and why COVID-19 exists. But here's one thing we can't agree on. God did not make that disease to punish you for your sin. Yeah. He punished Jesus on the cross. Do we know why COVID-19 exists? I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out one day, hopefully. But as of right now, we just know one thing. It's not because God hates you, is judging you, despises you. In fact, God loves you even while you were still a sinner. Romans 5 also says, while you were powerless, he sent his son to die for you and he loves you. While we were still his enemies, we were reconciled to him. Through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? That's so good. I mean, I don't, we have seven minutes to fill, otherwise I'd be like, that was perfect, mic drop. That was good. And all Jesus requires of us, all God requires of, of us is that we, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not even like we get this great gift of salvation and we have to do anything to get it. In fact, it says that it's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's actually all done by the blood of Jesus. His work was enough. It's called the finished 
work of Jesus. And so it's been done for you. All it is is a gift that you have to receive. So it's a beautiful thing. If you hear nothing else today, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, in verse 10 in Exodus 8, then Pharaoh said, Tomorrow, Moses replied, may it be as you say, so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that there is no one like the Lord our God. So basically, Pharaoh comes to Moses again, and uh, after he's already said, I'll let your people go, and then he reneges on his promise, and then another plague comes, and this time it's the frogs. And then he gets sick of the frogs, and he comes to Moses again and says, please take them away. And I love that Moses even asked him, when would you like this to happen, kind sir? <laughs> He says tomorrow, why tomorrow? Like, why would he have said that? He could have said now, like maybe there's a frog in my bed and I don't wanna necessarily sleep with him tonight. <laughs> why did he say tomorrow? But I thought about like how we kind of do the same thing sometimes. Like we have a problem in our life or we have a sin in our life or we have bitterness or unforgiveness or something going on in our life and we could take care of it today. And we just say, I'll take care of it tomorrow. I'll take care of that tomorrow. I'll keep making this choice today. And in, and it's ruining our lives, you know? It just made me think about... Um, the choice is like in our hands. Yeah. Often. Yeah. And it's like, so, and I just want to read it again. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you. It's an even better translation. To heal you, to restore you, that your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that are in the Nile. Like, we'll even leave some frogs just so that you can still have frogs to remember that you like frogs. When would you like me to set you free, dear Pharaoh? Tomorrow. What is one, what is a re I don't even know a reason why he would say tomorrow. I can't even think of one. Right. I know that like if we do put it in the context of our own lives, I can see how we are pride. so pride. That's probably what it is. Can I pray for you? You I, I've 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 asked people, can I pray for you about this? And they said, Yeah, just just pray for me in your own in your time. In your own yeah. time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to open myself right. up to your yeah. you know, pride, resistance, control. control. Yeah. Ego, yeah. insecurity. That makes sense. Pr Pharaoh was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you go pray tomorrow. Because like if he said now, if he said right? now, let's pray, please. I yeah. need, it's him humbling himself. Yeah. He would not do that. So true. But for, for us personally, like my application for that for myself is do not put off till tomorrow what you can deal with today. One, I mean, the biggest, biggest thing of your whole entire life is giving your heart to Jesus and accepting that free gift of salvation. Why would you put that off till tomorrow, what you can do today? You know, that's think, number one. I think another reason why too is because he might have been saying, "Well, let's let's see if we can take care of this problem or one more day. On like, own, maybe yeah. these things will go away. Yeah, this is like a bad dream or yeah. a bad day. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. but it all had to do with probably his skepticism and pride for sure. But I like that at the end of it, um, Moses is saying, "May it be as you say, so that you may know without a doubt and acknowledge that there's no one like the Lord our God." Like he even <laughs> he didn't even let him sit in his pride right there. He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Sure, no problem." But tomorrow, you're going to acknowledge that there's no one like the Lord our God. I wonder too, like if he went to his um, his uh, one of the magicians and said, "Hey, can you get rid of the yeah. frogs tonight to prove Moses wrong?" Probably. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. None of it worked. And speaking of that, in verse 18. Because it does highlight, actually, in all these miracles that the uh, magicians were able to bring frogs yeah. out of the river, too. Right. But then in verse 18, it says the magicians tried by their secret arts 
and enchantments to create but gnats, the rest of them. but they could not. And there were gnats on man and animal. And so up until this point, like you said, the magicians were manufacturing these counterfeit miracles, but they were not able to, to rid of produce them, the gnats. Or... They weren't able to get rid of them. And they themselves at that point told Pharaoh, hey, this is a supernatural God. Like, <laughs> even they were ready to be like, call uncle. Or call yeah, uncle we're done. We can't yeah. do this. Yeah. We can't fight them. We can't get rid of any of yeah. this. You know what I noticed it as well? You know, we did Exodus 4 last Monday, and we talked so much about how Moses constantly said to the Lord, I'm slow of speech. I can't do it. Pick someone else. And then God gave him another chance. And he said, no, pick someone else. And then he's like, here's your brother Aaron. And he's like, still pick someone else. And he said, I'll still speak through you. And you speak to Aaron. And it'll be as if God is speaking to him. So he gave him chance after chance after chance. He's still saying that. But then you see throughout this uh, chapter in chapter 8 that he is actually speaking directly to Pharaoh. And I never noticed that before. And I thought that was really interesting that even though he had spent so much time complaining about his limitations, he actually ends up speaking directly to Pharaoh. I don't know if that came with confidence or that was like Aaron was predisposed or <laughs> had to be somewhere else or, you know, was being attacked by. They actually changed roles here a little bit because the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron to stretch out your hand. Yeah. So Aaron stretches out his Right. Hand. Did you ever notice that role reversal? It was so interesting. I have, but I, I haven't really thought about that in probably at least a decade. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really wild. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is that um, all the times that Pharaoh lied. So he said that he would let the people go, and then the plague, you know, they got rid of the plague, and then he's hardened, you know, his heart hardened again and over and over and over again. And, and I think that we deal with people like that in our lives, dysfunctional people who lie to us and say they're going to do one thing and, and do another, or say they forgive you and then they don't. And we cannot control people. Yeah. And that's my bottom line of this, is that we cannot control other people. We control us, ourselves, and our response and our obedience to the Lord. Um, but we cannot control other people. It's, it's up to God to change a person's heart. Yeah, but what we can control is our own response to God. The Bible says that those who live in darkness hate the light. But if you're willing to reveal what's dark in you, the light is the warmth light of his grace. Mm -hmm. And he will touch you and he will heal you. So don't delay. Yeah. You know, take, a, take some time. If you need to repent, if you need to give something over to the Lord, do that. Don't keep hiding from him. Don't wait till tomorrow. Like Pharaoh did. Take the forgiveness that Jesus has right now. Thanks for listening to Morning Breath, and we'll see you next time. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. 
Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility. Located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff. Making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.